and they would use gaslighting techniques, right? They may even use uh, hoovering, right? They may even claim narcissistic injury. Sometimes they'll go off, right? Any excuse will do. But very often, you know, the person that they discard is usually the last to know, okay? So, uh, you know, again, check the description box below if you want to go ahead and follow along with me. All right, let's go ahead and get started. And yes, I did uh, just go ahead and go on live so you guys, you know, forgive me for the short notice, okay? I just wanted to go ahead and do this today because I think it's been about a, a, a week before I, you know, since I've been on. All right, so uh, the shock and awe, right? The shock and awe of the devaluation, the discard, the dismissal, right? You never, you, it's like you quite don't know when it's coming. Sometimes you feel like it's coming, but you don't quite know when it's going to happen. Okay. So, um, oh, I forgot. Please mind the uh, chat. There are the links there as well. And there is new merch. Okay. So I want to thank everyone in advance for your purchase. Okay. Now, the shock and awe of the devaluation and the discard. Okay, so the narcissist, they often will triangulate. Okay, so that's part of that third party situation that sometimes you may find yourself in. Uh, The curiosity or the obsession, right, of the narcissist's new supply is often a trap, guys. Okay, so I don't want you to get caught up in that. Sometimes we start looking at the social media, we start trying to find out about the new boo or the new source supply, right? So I don't want you to get caught up in that because very often that is a trap. And very often you're the one that's going to be looking crazy in love. You're the one that's going to be looking obsessed and everybody is going to be pointing the finger at you and perhaps even clowning you. But make no mistake, narcissists, they often want to set you up to look like boo-boo the fool. Okay, unfortunately, that's how they like to do it. Okay. All right, so uh, the obsession, right? The shock and awe, the discard, you know, the drama of it all, right? The narcissist, they never, <laughs> they never anticipate the, um, not only the drama, right? There's some of the drama, they may like it, but they don't seem to quite anticipate the karma that comes along with it. Okay, so the shock and awe of the discard and the devaluation are what adds to the satisfaction of the narcissist or some of those with a cluster B personality type, okay? They may have pulled off, you know, that particular shenanigan, but they often are in awe, right, that they were able to pull the rug out from underneath you, leaving you perhaps shocked that they did it. Some other people who may learn about it, they may gossip about it, they often are also a little shocked that the narcissist pulled that off, or even will even think to do something like that, right? Okay, but then again, we are talking about the excuses that narcissists often give themselves in order to disregard you, discard of you, devalue, right? The relationship, you and whoever else they may be mad at, at the, you know, during the day or that week, right? They will often go ahead and make any excuse possible to go ahead and do what they want to do. Okay, so uh, the shock and awe effect also provides him or her fuel, and a strong sense of control uh, as their false self-image continues to survive and thrive, okay? You know, very often this happens, but uh, they don't, you know, narcissists don't seem to stop and, you know, think about what they do. They often lack foresight, 
Okay, this means that they may take time out to reflect on things. But narcissists, they won't do that. Very often, those of us who have foresight, that's what I meant to say, we will take time out to reflect. We will look at shortcomings. We will look at the mistakes. We will look at perhaps the poor choices. But narcissists, they often want to avoid that. So, uh, yeah, you know, just keep that in mind too. All right. Okay, so the shock and awe. All right. Hope you guys can see me and hear me. Okay, so many have heard of the narcissist and those with a cluster B personality type. You know, uh, often they have this drive. Okay, they often have, what's the drive? the drive to get source supply, you know, the, they, they just seem to have this need, this urge. Now, the reason why I'm pointing this out is because the, the part of them getting that source supply is to leave you hanging, leave you picking up the pieces after they have gone on to new supply. They want to see signs that you are still hooked on them. They want to see those signs that you are still stuck on them and that you want them back because later on they may try to, Hoover you back in. So there, so narcissists make no mistake. Very often when they discard, they try, sometimes they'll kind of look back and they'll, they'll see if, if you still want them or not, if you're still hurting, if you still want answers, if you still want the validation, even if you want them to help you gain closure, any little, any sign, they just want to, you know, they're looking for that, right? Cause this is, this is part of the source supply that they get. Okay, so many have heard of, uh, you know, the cluster B personality type or some cluster B personality types seemingly having a drive to one-up others due to a simp- sense of superiority. Okay, superiority. However, there are some narcissists who might engage in diabolical tactics. Okay, or this particular diabolical tactic of the one-down method. Okay, so sometimes they will go ahead and they will discard, but... Very often, they will try to piss you off as well. Why? Because that's part of the supply. They want you to perhaps look like you're crazy in love. They want to see signs that you haven't gotten over him or her, right? Even though perhaps you're taking steps to do so. But narcissists, see, they have an inflated ego. They still want to make sure that there are some signs that you haven't gotten over him or her because that's enough for them to think that, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, I can hook them back in. I can hoover them back in, right? But sometimes, you know, narcissists, they have this delusion of grandeur, okay? So uh, this particular tactic for narcissist supply is subtle in the beginning due to the distraction of the narcissist triangulating others, okay? So which can be a crazy-making situation, like the third-party situation, right? That can get real crazy. Okay, so uh, this crazy-making situation for those on the receiving end of this dynamic. Okay, so what's going on? You're on the receiving end, more than likely. Sometimes, believe it or not, a person who is recruited by a narcissist to play the dysfunctional role of a flying monkey is on on this end of it, too. They're on the short end of the stick. Because once the narcissist hoovers you back in, for instance, they're not going to really need that person who has been recruited as flying monkey anymore. Okay, so uh, keep that in mind too. Some people who play the role of flying monkeys, 
sometimes they think that they are in the good graces of a narcissist. But no, they're, they're not really in the good graces because a narcissist wants them to believe that. So when that shock and awe again, they pull the rug out from underneath the flying monkey, right? Or several of them, then the flying monkey is, <laughs> they're sitting around, well, what, what the hell happened, right? What happened? But sometimes the flying monkey is also discarded of after you are hoovered back in. So it's kind of like the narcissist will use other people to do their dirty work, but then they will, you know, discard of them after they're done. Okay. So by playing the mind and so by playing with the mind and the heart of the narcissist, right? No, but sometimes we wish we can do that, right? Play with their mind. Sometimes we do. Let me, let me take that back. Some people, they will go ahead and fight fire with, with fire. Sometimes they will play with the mind and the heart of the narcissist to try to get them back for discarding them in the first place. So yeah, some people will do that though, you know, um, anyway, to each his own by playing the, by playing with the mind and the heart of the targeted prey, the narcissist is setting a trap for current source supply, right? As well as the new source supply. So they're setting up everybody. The narcissist often likes the shock and awe of leaving people picking up the pieces over him or her. Okay, that's the main thing to remember. Narcissists often like to set up that scenario where everybody has been, you know, dismayed, discombobulated. You know, they're they're distressed over what the narcissist has done. Narcissists often love the shock and awe of that. They love to come in and create this big hoopla and this chaos and then they're out and then they look back and see yeah how many people did I destroy how many people or they like to look at the damages that they have caused but they like to do it at a distance once they they're in they make the, they do the damage and they're out okay so uh, by playing with the mind and the heart of the targeted prey and those who are also recruited as flying monkeys not just the, the new source supply or the new boo but everybody is being set up So that's the overall point there. And before you know it, you're going to have a third party situation because the narcissist is coming in there and they have several people that they're toying with. Okay. So narcissists, they often like to have a whole network of third party situations. It's not enough for them to have one, you know, it's like the Lay's potato chips. They they just can't have one. (laughs) Okay. So the narcissist doesn't have any issues with moving from one person to the next. Okay, so due to having to an addiction and obsession to uphold their false self-image at all costs. Okay, so the triangulation can be a crazy-making diabolical tactic that the narcissist places into play in order to influence the targeted prey to obsess over the narcissist and their new supply. So, you know, like I was just saying, narcissists, they love the idea of being able to come in cause chaos, cause drama, and then sit back and watch and suck in all of that energy. Okay. That's a lot of energy right there. Suck in all that supply and kind of feel good about themselves. You know, when they walk away, everybody else is dismayed. Everybody else is stressed out. Everybody else is scrambling around trying to figure out what they're going to do next. But the narcissist loves to leave people in that condition because that makes them feel better. It makes them feel more important. They like to, for instance, when they know that you love and care about something or someone else, they like to, you know, some narcissists, they're like this, they're dirty. 
Some of them are very dirty when it and underhanded when it comes to this. They like to swoop in and see if they can mess that up. Anything that you find sacred, anyone that you may really love and care about, you ever notice why the narcissists like to swoop in and just mess all that up? Because they get the source supply from it. And not only that, this gives them the excuse, believe it or not, to discard of you. Why? Because they can say something like this. Oh, you love them more than me. Okay. Oh, you like to go to, you know, or you like to go to church all the time, or you like to go to this place or that place. You find this place more sacred. You, you, you praise it. You, you give it, you know, more, uh, attention than me. So that's another excuse that they often use to discard of you and to justify, you know, claiming narcissistic injury. Then they go into the narcissistic rage tactics. Okay. So I just wanted to point that out because, you know, a lot of people right now, they're still wondering how come the narcissist discarded of the relationship. Why did they leave the relationship like they did? Some people are left without those answers. Okay. So more than likely the narcissist had new source supply before the romance has appeared to have ended with the current supply. So that means that they can still be seeing you. They can still be involved with you. And sometimes you don't have a clue that they already have somebody in the mix. They already have the new source supply in the mix, ready to go. Okay. They already been seeing this person. Some people found out later on that they saw this new boo, right? They've been seeing this person, perhaps even married the person before they discarded of them. Ouch. You know, they find out they've been in a third party situation for perhaps a year, two years, three years, five years. They find out that the narcissist has baby mama or baby, or baby, you know, baby drama, baby mama or baby daddy, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, they have all these issues because they have a whole nother life. And usually that person, they're the last to know. But see, the narcissist often, you know, they often like it that way. They want you to be the last person to know. Okay, so uh, romances are often recycled by narcissists and or some of those with a close B personality type due to fear of ever losing source supply or control. At the end of the day, the narcissist often is about the control, not the connection. Okay, so they don't want to lose supply. Very often, narcissists have several sources of supply. Okay, from their job to the money stash. Okay whatever. And very often when they have a certain source supply, it begets more source supply. For instance, they may have a lucrative career that brings in a lot of money. So that will often have them have often lead to other access of supply, source supply. Okay. So they can buy, unfortunately they can bribe some people, boom, source supply. Flying monkeys, they can recruit them and pay them off. Boom, more source supply. So they can perhaps, you know, get next to somebody else and there's, you know, getting all these lavish gifts to hook that person in. Boom, more source supply. So source supply often begets more source supply. Okay, especially if it comes down to their careers or their money stack. Okay, so uh, unfortunately, many take the bait and become reactionary after the narcissist has been successful in the triangulation aspect of the crazy making process. Okay. So a lot of drama, a lot of crazy making going on there, right? Third party situation, network of third party situationships. Just picture the narcissist right in the middle of it all. And he or she has their tentacles stuck in everybody else. 
and everybody else is almost like a beehive. They're, they're circling around the narcissist, right? Making sure that they're pleased. And there's a whole network going on. Okay, so the narcissist prefers the third-party situationship to be a network. Why? Because once they start doing the damages, they already know it's a matter of time before certain people will wake up. Perhaps that person is you. You may wake up and find out, wait a minute, you know, I don't want to be a part of this drama. I don't want to be in this situation. So you may get out. But guess what? The narcissist will make that excuse that they need in order to go ahead and focus on other people and continue to get that source supply. They never want to run out. Again, at the end of the day, for the narcissist, it's about the control, not the connection. And the reason why I'm reiterating that is because when the narcissist is right in the middle of that network, which they often are, everybody else is circulating around. They're circling that narcissist and making sure he or she is supplied Okay, so it doesn't matter who's going to end up, you know, pulling the plug or pulling out. The narcissist always has somebody else that's right there to, to supply him or her. Okay, so there's a whole network and the narcissist wants to make sure that, you know, no matter, you know, well, if they lose a couple of people, okay. But they don't, they know they're not going to lose everybody. That's the thing. Okay, so they often want that network of third party situations because they don't want to run out of supply. Okay, so uh, one might wonder why the narcissist and or other cluster personality types has suddenly disappeared from the radar, right? A lot of us know about that one. Why he or she is not hoovering? Okay, what happened? What may become, you know, one might become obsessed with the narcissist or the narcissist relationship while attempting to figure out how to restore a dysfunctional, toxic, and volatile relationship with him or her. Now, the reason why I'm stressing those three words, because at the end of the day, when a person is wondering how come I'm not being hoovered back in, they're not looking at those three things. And that is how toxic the relationship is, how dysfunctional, how volatile the relationship is. Why would you want to get hoovered back in? If once the narcissist ventures out and they start looking at other sources of supply, that is your opportunity, believe it or not, to become a person who is Hoover resistant, verified. Okay. How do you verify that you are Hoover resistant? Number one, you're not going to give no bucks. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I put it like that. You're not going to care about trying to reinstate or reinvest in a volatile, dysfunctional, toxic relationship. You're going to be happy as I don't know what to be out of that. You don't care who left. You don't, you see, you're not that egotistical like the narcissist is. You don't care if they messed around there and they ventured out and they got new supply. Who cares? Right? Because you realize that the narcissist is, the narcissist relationship is volatile. It's dysfunctional. Okay, you, you who wants that? Nobody wants the second helping of that. I know I don't, right? <laughs> so once you start looking at that, the narcissist pretty much, uh, you know, it, it they're done for, okay? Because it's a game changer for you, and it's a game over for them. You're not gonna you're not gonna be hoover back in. Forget it, okay? So. Uh, the opportunity to be free of the crazy making shenanigan, pulling diabolical tactic, engaging narcissists, right? That's a, that was a mouthful, right? And on that note, I'm going to take a sip. 
Mm. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, the opportunity to free the crazy making, right? The shenanigan pulling, all of this drama, okay? Like I was telling you guys, the opportunity to pull out from that, it doesn't matter. It's right there. The opportunity to get out and stay out is right there in front of you. But because sometimes we become so emotional, we may forget that, oh, wait a minute. The narcissist been pulling all of these shenanigans. Okay. They come with a lot of drama. I don't want to pay that price. Sometimes we overlook that because we're emotional. See, the narcissist likes it when you are in your feelings, because when you're in your feelings, they're in control. Okay. They are. So when you are fed up, when you're emotional about them getting a new boo, right? Or somebody else, they may have several people, matter of fact. So remember that network I was talking about? Yeah. So they may be all into the, but see you and your feelings and they in control. But once you start to get into control, what does that mean? That means you're practicing emotional discipline. I'm not scolding you. I'm just, you know, letting you know that narcissists often prefer their exes to be emotionally out of control or not in control at all. You know, right. Not in control of not only their, uh, their, their emotions, but their mind. Cause a narcissist wants to be in the center of a person's mind, not their heart. It doesn't do them any good to be in the center of your heart. Okay. But the heart is our, is, is our, is our center. The heart is in the center of our bodies, right? I'm, I'm going to try not to deviate off what I'm saying or digressing, but I want to make that point. Narcissists often like to play with the mind. Okay. They, they can't really do that much being in the center of your heart, but they want you in the center of your heart. What does that mean? They want you in love with them. As long as you're in love with them, they can use that. Right? So they don't want to be in the center of your heart. They want to be in the center of your mind because they can get everything else. But anyway, it's very often that when we are in our feelings and they're in control, we, we often miss that opportunity to get out of that situation and stay out. Okay? So the opportunity to free yourself, um, you know, not, when I say you, I mean in general, is often missed because we're in our feelings. We're hurt. Rightfully so. We're hurt. We're angry. How dare they just drop us like that? How dare they just, you know, get out of the relationship? You know, not even in a decent way. And it's, it's not, you know, it's not bad that the person is just done with the relationship because they're not in love anymore or they don't feel the same way. Okay. We, you know, we're adults here. We can get over that. But it's the way it's done. That's what's, you know, that's what can hurt. It's the way it's done. Not that it's done. Okay. So sometimes, you know, when you are, uh, when a person misses that opportunity, they're not looking at everything they've gone through. They're not looking at how awful the relationship is. You know, there's some ups, there's some downs, there's some laughs, but very often a person will overlook that opportunity that's staring them right in the face. And that is, wait a minute, I can get rid of the narcissist altogether. Why? Because they were stupid enough to venture off and get somebody else. And sometimes they will play the one down instead of the one up when they get the new boo. Okay. And that's a mind thing right there. Okay. All right. So just remember the narcissist often will try and get you all discombobulated, right? 
and you all messed up over him or her while they just probably sitting back laughing at it all because they're getting all, all they see that's a lot of drama that's a lot of you know emotions that's a lot of energy and they're just eating it all up they're getting all big and fat and stronger off of your distress off of you messed up over them but they often make excuses to not only disregard you to disrespect you to dismiss you at a snap of a finger right or a wave of a hand but all the while they're probably thinking okay yeah that person messed up over me because you know i just pulled the rug out or whatever but the narcissist they get source supply from that because they leave people all messed up over them and what that's usually what they want right and, and they, you know, sometimes they even think about it later and say, well, you know, maybe I can get that. I can hoover that person back in. See, the new boo often doesn't last or it, let me put it like this. Very often when narcissists move on to new supply, they are there to get what they can get. And perhaps they're going to cut out on that person too. So long story short, the, the narcissist relationship doesn't last. It's just like that most of the time. Sometimes that may take a couple of years. They may get a baby out of the situation. Okay. They may even get married to the person, but usually it's a marriage of convenience. Narcissists often don't marry for love. They marry out of convenience. Okay. They, they, you know, they lie. They do what they got to do to make it look like, you know, they all up in it. But very often it's about the image. At the end of the day, the narcissist is about the, um, they're not about the, they're not about the connection. They're about the control. Okay. All right. So, uh, very often a person can miss that opportunity to get rid of the narcissist altogether because they're in their feelings and the narcissist is in control. Not because the narcissist is smarter. No, they may be a little bit more cunning, you know, and underhanded, but it's not because they're smarter. Very often the narcissist will ask themselves the question, what can I afford? What can I not afford? when it comes to relationships and very often they cannot afford not to be in control. Okay. They have to be in control. All of their relationships, the narcissist, they will often ask themselves that question. And this is something we can actually take away from the narcissist notebook. Ask yourself the question, what can you afford when you're in that narcissist relationship? What can you afford? What can you not afford? Okay. I know for me answering that question, those two questions, very profound, very, and only you can answer that question. The narcissist does not care how you think. Of, they don't care about what you think of them. Pardon me. They don't care about what you think of them, but you can do yourself a great service. If you think about how you think of them, how do you think of the narcissist? They don't care about what you think of him or her because they're still going to discard. They're still going to disrespect. They're still without batting an eye. <laughs> they don't care. No, they don't care what you think of them. But, you know, it's very often that we miss these opportunities to get out of the relationship because we don't think about how we think of the narcissist. Meaning, do we have that negative chatter that tells us, uh, you know, there are voices in our head telling us how worthless we are or how they, they think that we're not right or whatever right? That's what's usually playing in a person's head after they get discarded. They're not thinking about how they think of the narcissist, but what do you think of the narcissist? Well, they're mean, they're evil, blah, 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 right? But how do you think of them? 
that's where it is. That can help you to see how to get out that relationship. So if they do discard, you can think back, oh, this is what I this is this is how I usually think. The negative chatter. That's a how. How do you think? What are the thought patterns? In other words, what are your thought patterns? It's not about what you think sometimes. Sometimes it's about how you think. So the narcissist, they're counting on you perhaps to go ahead and start to focus on certain things, like maybe how fine they are, okay, and how they may sweet talk you. All that's, See, they, they want you to focus on that. Again, it's about them being in the center of your mind, not your heart, okay? So very often these opportunities to get out of the relationship and rid of the narcissist for good are lost, Okay, it's missed. This doesn't mean you can't do it later, but it's often missed because when you are in your feelings, the narcissist is often in control, and that's how they prefer it. Okay, let's move on. All right, remember that those who have a narcissistic personality disorder or have a cluster B personality type are not able to emotionally regulate. So, you know, once again, when a narcissist, see, a narcissist is not usually able to emotionally regulate, right? But you can this does not mean you're in your feelings. When a narcissist cannot emotionally regulate, this often means that they're playing mind games. This often means that they're not about the connection. This often means that whenever you become emotional, they're feeding off of that. Because, in other words, they're, 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 they're plugging into you and they're extracting something that they don't have. This is what makes them big and strong and they're able to move on to the new supply. Unfortunately, they take that energy that they have perhaps gotten from you in the relationship and they will move it on to the next. Okay. They use that. They get off on the supply. Okay. The energy It's about energy. A lot of us, we're, you know, we know we're comprised of energy. So everything that we do say and feel and all the stuff that's going on in the relationship, that's a lot of energy right there. Okay. So the narcissist will often tap into that and they will go on to the next source supply and on and on and on all this, this network of third party situationships that they often have. They just move on to the next and to the next. And as far as like leaving you drained energetically, this is why, because you're putting so much into the relationship, you know, they're being, you know, they're being supplied and they can't take your energy body from you. Okay. They can't take it, but they can plug into it and extract what they need. Okay. Very often leaving, you know, us feeling drained, of dealing with them, right? Okay, so remember that those who have a narcissist personality disorder, class B, are not able to emotionally regulate. Okay, therefore he or she has a serious they he or she has serious malfunctions in the area of interpersonal skills and the ability to empathize with others. Okay, so um, individuals with this type of personality disorder are often seeking opportunities to use others. Intimacy is not possible. It's about, at the end of the day, I'm just going to reiterate, narcissists are not about the connection. They're about the control. They don't, they, you know, they're not trying to do the mushy-gushy stuff, okay? They're not trying to be all feely, okay? They're not trying to do all that. They don't emotionally regulate very well. So, therefore, if they can get you to go off, okay, they can, they start pulling shenanigans and then you're going off because you've had it up to here with it. They, this is why they sit back and they watch. This is why they often feel better after they go to into an argument. 
because you are expressing what you are feeling. You're expressing, you're expressing what you're experiencing. The narcissist will often exploit your capacity to express. Okay? When you start expressing, they will start exploiting because they don't emotionally regulate. They lack empathy. So it's like they're tapping off of what you have and what they, they, what they lack. Okay. So, uh, intimacy isn't possible. So again, they may use that. Unfortunately, some narcissists will use that as an excuse. They're turning it around on you. Okay. They use that as an excuse to discard. They use that as an excuse to perhaps go into the narcissistic rage tactics to ghost you. Okay. To just totally dismiss the relationship disrespectful in a disrespectful manner. They just, you know, they do this because they may say that you're too touchy feely. You're too sentimental. You are too deep. Ever heard that those, some of us have the narcissist will sit up there and use that. You have a heart and they'll use it against you. Okay. That's the excuse they need to discard. Oh, you're, you know, you're too clingy. You're too needy. You're too this. You talk too much. What have you, right? Any excuse. Okay. So, um, now I want to go ahead and talk about that bait and switch. Beware of the diabolical tactics of narcissists and those who have a cluster person. Some of those who have a cluster personality type, some of his or her tactics for source supply can be shocking, unexpected, and confusing, right? Due to the crazy making of baiting and switching. So let's talk about it. All right. Okay. So there are several tactics of source supply that the narcissist uses more than others. Ironically, some of those very tactics which are used to bait and to bait the targeted prey or the source supply, right, end up entrapping the narcissist. So this is how they can catch themselves up in their own net. This is how they can set a trap out for you, but they end up trapped. Okay? I know we love that, right? <laughs> some of us anyway. But anyway, you know, narcissists very often they they don't anticipate the karma. Oh, they, they all for the drama. They like that. Oh, let's get it in. But when it comes down to after they do what they do, they don't anticipate the karma that comes after that. Okay. Or simply the consequences of the choices that they made, the words that they used, the deeds that they engaged in right? They don't, you know, they often are salivating over the rewards of source supply, but they don't look at the cost of keeping, maintaining, or obtaining source supply. They don't, they don't think about that. Okay. So let's go. All right. Narcissistic bait that can backfire. Love letters or letters. Think about it. Sometimes narcissists will write letters and everything to you, and later on down the line, you may be able to prove that they have discarded you. You know, if you're married to them, you may be able to use those letter, those letters later in a court of law. There are some people, and I remember reading some articles about this. There are some people who actually kept a diary when they were involved with a narcissist. And during the, you know, during the proceedings, whether it's for custody of the children or, you know, they're divorcing, Right. They will pull out those diaries and those diaries, believe it or not, could be used in a court of law as evidence against the narcissist. 
Okay, it's, it's incredible. But yeah, some people they they have a diary and because they're writing down their thoughts, their feelings, what's going on, what they're experiencing in the narcissist relationship, what they're going through. And yeah, sometimes that can be used. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, you know, giving you legal advice, but you know, just go ahead and look that up. It's out there. Some people have actually been able to use diaries as evidence in a court of law, you know, against the the other person. But anyway, love letters or letters because narcissists, they will use a lot of things in order to get you hooked in. So they may not be thinking about what they writing in that letter. They may not, they just may be, or they may be overthinking it. They may become overly confident and think that, you know, they're hooking you in. So when they're writing those letters and everything, you know, you, you just never know what, what else is going on there. Voicemail messages, same thing. You don't know what they're thinking and feeling at the time, but perhaps they are too confident. They're overconfident. The shock and awe of it all. They're just patting themselves on the back. They might have a couple of narcissist friends. They're high-fiving and everything else, right? They're they going to get you. You know, they got you all hooked up. They got you all looking crazy in love and whatever, right? <laughs> so you just you just never know how this stuff can backfire on a narcissist, but it's very often that it can. So be cognizant of that, okay? Smear campaigning, that can backfire on a narcissist, okay? The bait and switch can go wrong. Now, deception, just, you know, just lying, compulsively lying, this can backfire on the narcissist. So don't underestimate that the narcissist can get caught up in their own drama. So they're baiting you, and then they may switch, right? But they don't anticipate it going wrong. But this is how it can go wrong. All of these things, the love letters, the voicemail messages, the smear campaign, the texting, the sexting, all that stuff can, can be used later to, uh, you know, it'll backfire. Not saying that you really have to do anything, but I'm just pointing these things out because sometimes narcissists will do things and they're not, you know, they're, they lack foresight. They're not looking down the road. They're not scaling back and looking at the big picture. Right. So just keep that in mind how sometimes they, these things can be used against them. All right. So, uh, let's see. Now I want to go ahead and move to getting over the narcissist. Okay. Thriving past him or her. Okay. People can become, you know, addicted to a lot of things from sex, food, you know, drugs or what have you. Uh, but you know, sometimes the drug of choice can be codependent and or narcissist relationships. Um, you know, it may be romantic relationships. There tends to be two sides of the same, um, spectrum. Okay. Whereas it pertains to codependent relationship, narcissist relationships. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's often two sides of the same coin. Um, let me lose my spot. Okay. Um, what do, 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 do. So what usually takes place before a codependent narcissistic relationship? Okay. What usually takes place before a codependent narcissist relationship is often the transgenerational, okay, or intergenerational trauma, meaning, you know, it, it stems back from your childhood and your family, maybe your parents and or grandparents who may have a close to personality type or not. But the bottom line is this, very often when our parents and our grandparents uh, experience trauma, sometimes they can pass that on to the offspring, spring, and it's just so, 
going from generation to generation. Some people say it's a generational curse, okay? But that's what I'm pointing out here. Very often, the prerequisite to narcissist relationships could be the intergenerational and transgenerational trauma, okay? Then usually it's a history of dysfunctional family. Sometimes there's a narcissist as a parent, you know, grandparent, but this is usually the, the history, right? That often happens that can leave people to a narcissist relationship because there's things that are unresolved, very painful, unresolved, right? And this goes for the narcissist too, okay? If one has a background with having dysfunctional family with narcissistic parents, guardians, and or caretakers, he or she has a greater chance of becoming romantically involved with a narcissist or another cluster personality type. Okay, so narcissistic parents sometimes groom their children to grow up to behave perhaps codependently, right? Or, you know, they could adopt other cluster B personality type traits or narcissistic traits. Okay, this is very possible. Children are very impressionable, you know, especially through the age, I learned this, through age one to seven. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it depends on, you know, if the parent is a narcissist or not, they can shape and mold the children. They have a huge influence over their, it's their children, you know, their children, their child, you know, their offspring. They can have a big influence over that, you know, over the children. And the children, before you know it, they may start adopt, adopting certain traits and or characteristics of the narcissistic parent and or grandparents, right? This can be damaging down the line. By the time they become adults, perhaps they're, you know, They've adopted these certain behavior patterns that's not going to help them as far as like having relationships with other people. Um, themes of a dysfunctional relationship with narcissists are the shenanigans and diabolical tactics for narcissist supply that are actually happening in the relationships, such as gaslighting. Pardon me. Ooh, pardon me. Uh, gaslighting techniques and cyberbullying. So these are some of the things that can happen, or these are the themes of a relationship that can go on in a narcissistic relationship, okay? So what's actually going on? What are the things? What's actually happening? What's going on? How are you experiencing that? Your health may be deteriorating because you're stressed out. You know, the narcissist is pulling all types of shenanigans. And this is another way they can go back later, right? And this is how dirty sometimes narcissists are because you are suffering all these health issues because you are stressing out and you're falling apart, the narcissist can point at you and say, see, that's why the relationship is over. I can't deal with the drama. That's rich, right? <laughs> Isn't that a B? You know, think about it. They, they sit up there, they create all this drama, but then they'll point at you and say, oh, no, see, this is why the relationship is over. I can't deal with your, your, with your drama, right? So they'll, they'll turn that whole thing around. They have the gall, they have the, go, the audacity to do that. But, um, yeah, narcissists, they will make any type of excuse for the discard, right? So they can go ahead and dismiss you. But the new, like I was saying, the new supply often gives them that, um, the, the necessary, right? Or the excuses that they think they need in order to discard of you and to completely dismiss you, disrespect you, right? And say they don't have to have anything to do with you because all the drama that they created they look back at you and say, you created it, right? And you're just naturally responding to what they are putting out, 
Okay, perhaps you're naturally responding to something that is not natural, such as their, some of their behavior patterns. The narcissist's behavior patterns sometimes can, you know, it can indicate or be an indication of something that's not natural. I'm not saying that they're not natural. Their behavior, okay, the way they relate to you can be problematic. It's not natural. You know, for instance, you're, you're treating them well. You're showing yourself to be... Um, very interested in the relationship. You're showing yourself to be committed to the relationship, yet they're not showing you the same thing. That's not natural. It isn't. Because if they call themselves being attracted to you, if they call themselves loving you, caring for you, yet they behave as if you're an enemy. I don't know about you guys, but that's very confusing. Okay? That's a mixed signal. That's it's not natural. Naturally, somebody will be attracted to you and show that, okay? It is not natural for them to say, for instance, they claim that, that they're attracted to you or they like you or they love you or they care about you or they're interested in you, but yet they behave as if you are their enemy and you're not, okay? Because you're, you're showing yourself to be a person who is committed to the relationship. So sometimes narcissist behavior can, you know, indicate that you are dealing with something that's not natural, you are naturally responding to something that is not natural, okay? So that can cause a lot of problems, you know, health-wise, financially, you know, believe it or not, you know, you can end up in debt behind a narcissist relationship, all these things. And they will use that as an excuse too. Oh, the money gone, I'm gone. <laughs> okay, some of you know somebody who went through that. And I hope you haven't gone through that. But if you have, my heart goes out to you because sometimes narcissists, they will use up all the money, you know, go through all the resources. And then when there ain't nothing left, they make that as an excuse to discard. Okay. Unfortunately, and they will then blame you for it. So it's, it's you know, it's very good to be cognizant of how narcissists, they will be underhanded about these things sometimes. The dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist, uh, you know, there, there's not a typical dysfunctional relationship. It's not typical at all, okay, because of some of the things I just ran down. Uh, dealing with things that are unnatural. Another thing that I mentioned, the narcissist is lacking empathy. They have serious impairments when it comes to interpersonal skills. Another reason why it's not your typical dysfunctional relationship is the narcissist lacks empathy. You know, they, they lack foresight. They don't, they don't care about the connection. Most people care about the connection. Narcissists often don't care about the connection. They want the control. Okay, so, um, you know, according to the DSM-5, those with a narcissistic personality disorder have chronic interpersonal impairments within the areas of empathy and intimacy. Okay, I just mentioned that. All right, so this is, you know, again, it's, it's a dysfunctional relationship. There's your dysfunctional relationship, but then there's your narcissistic relationship. Okay, in a dysfunctional relationship, perhaps you're not dealing with anybody who has a cluster B personality type. Okay, you're not such as a narcissist. That's why it's, it's a typical dysfunctional relationship. Sometimes people can recover from those a lot more easily than a narcissist relationship. Okay, so there's your dysfunctional relationship, and then there's your uh, narcissistic relationship. The dysfunctional relationship. Okay, typical dysfunctional relationship. But a narcissist relationship often is not your typical dysfunctional relationship. 
Okay, so if one is emotionally invested in a dysfunctional relationship with narcissists and or other cluster personality types for a long period of time, he or she can begin to show signs of poor health, death, and cognitive impairments such as brain fog. Or they may be very forgetful about things. Uh, you know, that could be for a number of reasons. But the brain fog is something I want you guys to look up and you know, in your spare time, brain fog. Because that's often tied to uh, PTSD symptoms and complex PTSD, uh, PTSD symptoms as well as uh, trauma. And all these things can end up to be a result of having a narcissist relationship. Okay, so there are some who, even after no contact, show signs of obsession, if not addiction, to the dysfunctional relationship with narcissists or the narcissist relationship. A vicious cycle of repeatedly investing in dysfunctional relationships can occur. So sometimes people are like, okay, how do I get, how did I get in this relationship again? Or if they're not Hoover back in after the narcissist discards, if they're not Hoover back in, they end up in another narcissistic relationship. How does that happen? Very often this happens because they, number one, they're in their feelings. The one who got left for the new supply, okay, very often they're in their feelings. They're hurt, they're angry, unresolved issues, right? Then things go downhill from there. They're focused on how did they get the narcissist back? How, why, aren't they, why aren't they being Hoover back in, right? Because remember earlier I was talking about that. Very often it is very likely that the person will totally miss the opportunity to be rid of the narcissist because they're in their feelings. Right. And not only that, they are not looking at that is a volatile, dysfunctional, right? Toxic relationship. What's making it so very often we're not looking at what actually makes that relationship with the narcissist so difficult. It's very easy to overlook it. So, you know, don't beat yourself up, but it's very easy to overlook it. Okay. So it can be a very vicious cycle of ending up in more narcissist relationships. Okay. Now, uh, it will take time, effort, and dedication to overcome narcissistic abuse at the hands of an ex-romantic partner and or spouse, right? It's going, it's going to take time. Some people think it's supposed to take overnight just like that. No, it's a process. It is a process to get involved with them in the first place. Sometimes that process go all the way back to our childhoods because maybe we had narcissistic parents and our grandparents. So this whole, this, this process, you're talking about years, perhaps decades in the making, so after it's over, I don't care if they leave or you leave after that narcissistic relationship is over, right? It's going to take time to process it. You have to process it and then you have to figure out how you're going to deal with the aftermath of it. That may sound like a lot, but think about what you have gone through. Think about the ordeal. See, you dealt with that. So the aftermath is going to be a cakewalk. Okay, compared to what you actually went through, right? Some people may disagree, right? I'm not belittling anyone's experiences, but what I'm saying is when you think about what you've gone through, that you've gone through that narcissist relationship, surely after it's over, you're going to be better. You're going to be much better, bigger, stronger. You'll be able to thrive forward, okay? Anyway. Uh, by taking those role colors, color glasses off, one can possibly face reality that the dysfunctional relationship is finally over, right? So the narcissist is not through until you are through. Let me repeat that. Narcissists are not through until you're through. 
okay? The narcissist who is dis- who is discarding the person, they devalue, they discard. See, that person, whether that be you or someone else that you know, first of all, you need to celebrate that it's over, okay? Just celebrate it, okay? But remember, the narcissist, they're not finished until you are. Very often, when you become Hoover-resistant, verified, right? Right? When that happens, it's game over for the narcissist. But it's a game changer for you. So try not to forget that, okay? It's a game changer. You get to thrive on. See, they remember, they caused all of this mess. It's going to catch up to him or her one day. It's going to catch up. But you get to thrive on. You get to move on. You're done with it. And you don't have to end up in another narcissist relationship. But remember, once you're through, they're through. Okay? And that can mean a number of things. That can mean that perhaps they don't have a network of a third-party situation. Maybe they're not a veteran when it comes to being a narcissist, having a narcissist relation. Maybe they're not a veteran. Maybe they're very young. Okay? But... When you are done, they're done. Sometimes that can mean that they may get, get into a depression, a depressive state. They may, you know, go through it for a while, but then they get back up there, you know, and they're back out there doing what they do. They may become more bitter, angry or whatever, and then they're at it again. But once you're done with them, they can be done, sometimes for good. They may not recover when you choose to pull out. When you choose to move on, when you choose to thrive forward, they may not ever get over that. They tend not to grow. They tend not to forgive people who grow past them. The narcissists don't care about you getting over them too much because they, they, you know, they overconfident, right? Signs of delusions of grandeur. They may think they can just pull you back in at any given moment, right? Because especially if you're showing signs that you haven't gotten over him or her, you're still hurting, when all you're probably really doing is processing it all. You're getting through it. You're growing past them. You accept it. You take off the rose-colored glasses. You accept that you have outgrown that, that relationship. They, they don't get it, okay? But once that moment hits them that you're done with them, some narcissists never get over that. Even if they do get new supply, they haven't gotten over the fact that you, you got out. You're over them. You're sober, See, you kicked the habit. No, they haven't kicked the habit. They're still having all these relationships, third-party situationships, a network of it. They can't get out. They're up to their, their freaking neck, right? So think about that. Once you're done, they can be done for good. But it's a game changer for you. It's game over for them. Okay. All right. While shedding the toxic energy... Uh, no, no, no. Maybe I don't want to look. Uh, I think I went over that already. I, I did. I went over that. Okay. We're going to wrap this up, y'all. Because, matter of fact, I have some errands to run today. And I wanted to get this out the way. <laughs> Not saying I don't like to spend time with you guys. But I knew it had been a moment since I had done something here on the, the channel. So, I wanted to go ahead and do this today. All right. Loneliness. Anxiety, depression, anger, and feeling defeated may take a toll from time to time. Of course, yeah. You've been dealing with all that drama. It's all, you know, it's all understandable and natural to go through stages and process of healing, okay? Or thriving, whichever way you want to put it, you know, but you got to go, you got to process this stuff, okay? 
You're going to, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to get stuck, but you don't want to get stuck. So when you go through the stages and the process of thriving forward past narcissistic abuse, this is something to celebrate. Try not to get stuck or stagnant. See, once you got, once you realize you got into something, once you realize how you got in, you'll know how to get out. Okay. That's what I mean to say. Once you know how you got into the relationship, you'll know how to get out. You don't need the narcissist for closure. You don't need them for validation. Matter of fact, they've been showing you by their behavior, they're not able to help you with that. Okay, they're not able to do that. Okay, so I want to make sure that was everything I wanted to say. Now, one more thing, one more thing. Stockholm Syndrome, right? Uh, and trauma bonding often threatens a person to become romantically involved with a narcissist in spite of insurmountable reasons not to make that mistake. See, I touched on that earlier when I say, okay, some people that get caught up and they have more narcissist relationships because when they are not looking at that opportunity to get out, even if the narcissist moves on to new supply, that is an opportunity to get out and be rid of the narcissist relationship. And matter of fact, that can be the focal point. That can be the starting point of not getting in another relationship with a narcissist ever again, because you learn from that, right? You learn from it. So Stockholm syndrome, unfortunately, you know, wanting to save the narcissist, you know, feeling like there's this, uh, this, this need to, uh, be, uh, to, it's almost like you worship them. Maybe that's too strong of a word, worship, okay? It's almost like you have, a, when, I, when I say you, I mean just in general. It's like a person can have this, um, this, this strong loyalty to the narcissist, even though the narcissist doesn't feel the same way. The narcissist, doesn't, they're not loyal to anyone else but their false self-images, right? So a person can mess around there and be like, okay, I, I'm obligated to this person. I'm responsible for this person. You know, I have to, uh, save them, fix them. See, all that sounds like the codependent relationship, right? I have to be there for them. You know, we have children together. Uh, we have this together. We're financially tied to it. Uh, it all kinds of things, right? But here's what I'm getting at. Trauma bond and Stockholm syndrome is just a very deep, dark way of looking at that and saying that, okay, I'm, I'm tied to this person. I I'm obligated to this person. I must have this relationship. I don't like it, but I have to have the relationship. No Stockholm syndrome and trauma bonds often, again, it keeps people stuck and stagnant in a narcissist relationship. Okay. They often, you know, they often can't see out or past that unfortunately. So that's why I brought those two things up, the trauma bonding and the Stockholm syndrome. Okay. Very often that's a, that's a dark way of, that's a dark side of being obligated or committed to someone such as a narcissist. Okay. It could be anybody, but that's just the, that's the dark side of being connected and, uh, you know, just, just feel like you have a strong sense of entitlement, not part me, not an entitlement, a strong sense of, uh, um, responsibility to him or her, right? It's just the dark side of that connection. But you know, a lot of us at the end of the day, we want the connection, 
But unfortunately, when it comes to the narcissist, they're more interested in the control. They don't care about the connection. Okay? So I want to leave you guys with some tools, but I also thought I would include critical questions. Um, you know, until next time, I want you guys to take care of yourself. And I certainly hope you have enjoyed this live stream. And I want to thank everyone again for joining me today. But this is all I have for you guys. Uh, so, you know, again, I want to go ahead and thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, there are more videos coming. There are more live streams, but I'm certainly glad you were able to join me today. All right. So, um, I just hope that everyone is, uh, able to just, you know, reflect on a few things. I'll just leave with this. Just reflect on a few things such as how did it make you feel? when you were involved with the narcissist. Perhaps the relationship is over now. Some of you may be contemplating going no contact. Some of you may be thinking about, okay, now how do I get out of this, right? How do I, how do I get rid of the narcissist, right? How do I just get rid of getting, you know, getting all caught up with him or her? Why do I feel so badly? They're gone. They're with somebody else. Why am I stuck, right? Feeling this way. They don't seem to be hurting, okay? But I kind of touched on that already. Sometimes we can get caught up. Whenever you are in your feelings, the narcissist, they, especially at that time, they may feel like they're in control, right? So when once you start to practice emotional discipline, then you're in control. See, then you become Hoover resistant verified. Okay, so I don't want you guys to get all, you know, caught up in that and thinking that it's your fault. You can't blame yourself for what the narcissist chose to do. Okay, we, we just can't do that and vice versa. So I just want to leave you guys with that, okay? Um, but, you know, like I said, again, that's all I have for you guys. So until next time, take care of yourself and mind the tools that I'm leaving with you guys. Maybe, you know, if you want to just jot them down or maybe journal later on and ask yourself some of those critical questions. Because I know when I answer critical questions for myself, it often provides me more clarity. It often helps me to stay focused on continuing to thrive forward. Because I don't know about you guys, but narcissist relationships, nah, that, that's not 2022. No, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> that's, not, that's not cool. Okay? All right. So until next time, you guys take care. Mwah. Are you attempting to save the narcissist or yourself from an unresolved traumatic past? That third question is also quite profound, I think. Are you attempting to save the narcissist or because of personality, right? Or are you attempting to save yourself from an unresolved traumatic past when Sodom and Gomorrah had fallen and people were running, literally running from the chaos? And there was a particular woman who was warned not to look back or she would turn into a pillar of salt. And when she turned around, she turned into a pillar of salt. She, to me, that represents of her turning back and looking to, at her past that was very painful. She didn't want to let it go. It, was, it went unresolved. She turned around and she kept focusing on it. She turned into a pillar of salt. And when she turned into a pillar of, of salt, she remained stagnant. She was a statue. She was a, a salt a pillar of salt statue.
okay, she remained stagnant. So as long as she kept looking behind her, looking at her past that was very chaotic, very painful, she didn't want to let it go, she remained a pillar of salt. Therefore, she remained stagnant. I think about that as I read that question. Are you attempting to save the narcissist or yourself from an unresolved past or traumatic past? Because when we keep looking back, aren't we stagnant? Yeah. Absolutely. So as you're running away from the chaos at one point, but then you keep looking back at another point, who are you really trying to save? Cycle or pattern of narcissistic abuse. Idealize, devalue, discard. Additional patterns of narcissistic abuse is hoovering and then recycling. I say the, that the hoovering is the one-two punch because when they hoover, before they actually hoover you back in, the first sucker punch is when they are coming up in conversation. It could be via the enablers and flying monkeys that he or she has recruited. You're no longer in the relationship with the narcissist and cosmic personality. You have gone no contact, right? You're thriving forward. Yet the narcissist and the cosmic personality, they're not taking no for an answer. So the first sucker punch again is when it seems like they're you know, they're lingering over your life. So this is where the hovering comes in. Okay, so it's like they, they, this dark cloud that lingers over your life. So wherever you move, they move. They're coming up in conversation. They may be showing up at your job. They want you to see them, but they will not approach you. They will not make contact because you've gone no contact. They know you're not gonna deal with him or her directly. So they will recruit flying monkeys and they will recruit their enablers to um, bring them up in conversation. You know, sometimes you are questioned about the relationship or why did you two have a fallout? You know, the narcissist and cluster personality, they, they plan and strategize all of this. And I still say the hoovering is the one two sucker punch because before they actually hoover you back in, they're already taking steps to hoover you back in. And it's so subtle that a lot of us miss it. When they're coming up in conversation, and so when we're out somewhere, we may see them at a distance. We, they may show up at the job. They may show up at school. They may show up at places that you frequent. The cluster personality and narcissists, they know exactly what they're doing. They're hoovering you back in before they have actually hoovered you back in. The second sucker punch is when they have actually hoovered you back in because now it's just like old times. You're visiting again. You're interacting with the narcissist or cluster personality once again. You're having them over for dinner. You're going over for dinner. You know, you're hanging out or whatever. Or if this is a romantic situation, you're involved with him or her again. Okay, and they do all of this. Once they hoover you back in, they do all of that to recycle. It just starts all over again. It's a vicious so cycle. So once they have hoovered you back in, the vicious cycle starts all over again. They idealize you again. Then before you know it, you're going to be devalued again. Then you're going to be discarded again. And make no mistake. They can wait for years before they attempt to hoover you back in, all to recycle and start the process all over again. The narcissistic cycle of abuse can be very vicious. All right, let's move forward.
Tool number one, beware of the gaslight technique. Most, if not all, narcissists and or close personality types use this particular diabolical tactic in hopes to obtain narcissistic supply. By gaslighting others, the narcissist and or possibly personality denies the realities of others around him or her. Take steps to practice personal boundaries without apology and or explanation. Narcissists and possibly personality types do not respect nor practice personal boundaries. They often lack any regard for morality, therefore do not consider or value others practicing the golden rule and work your support base. Expressing what you are or have experienced due to emotional involvement with the cluster personality types might prove to be a game changer. Having others around you who understand your plight and what narcissism is provides you exposure to the possibility of having